0: Welcome to the Boys in Blue Podcast, the podcast that's all about cops. I'm your host, retired police officer Bill McReynolds. You have tuned in undoubtedly to the most informational law enforcement podcast out there today because we'll talk to real cops, some active, some retired, and we'll get the inside story on law enforcement. So welcome to the Boys in Blue podcast. I'm your host, retired police officer Bill McReynolds. Once again, I'm seated behind the stainless steel titanium microphone here inside the Boys in Blue podcast studio here in Mesa, Arizona. And, you know, we have a variety of people that come on as guests. They're all different. And last couple of ones have been sheriffs and Oh, we've had canine guys, traffic guys. We've even had, uh, we've got scheduled some mounted patrol guys. That'll be interesting. But today I am so pleased to have a good friend of mine, worked with him in Pierce County Sheriff's Office up there in Washington State. Recently retired Detective Lloyd Bird, 37 years he spent as a Pierce County Sheriff's Deputy, retired as detective. Lloyd Bird, welcome to the Boys in Blue podcast. Thank you, Bill. So good to have you on. Uh, just a little background uh, for the audience. We've been knowing each other, I think I was around about 10 years before you came on. But you came on like in 1983 to the Pierce County Sheriff's Office?
1: March 14th, 1983. Those are those <laughs> dates you never forget. <laughs> Isn't that something How
0: that sticks in your mind? Yeah. Oh, Mine's- yeah. Mine was February 16th, uh, and it was the President's Day or something that year. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just things are so different now. But you never forget those days or the day you leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, nope, anyway. Not at all. Welcome to the pod. You Now, you've been, you are, once again, you've entered a whole new realm. You're a rookie again. You're a rookie at retirement. So you've been a retire for two
1: whole weeks now. How's it going? Are you okay? Well, actually, it's pretty funny because Monday, I had to actually think, what day is it today? And register, like, oh, it's Monday. Okay. So that's what's funny is you lose track of what the day is.
0: Absolute truth. Every day Saturday, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now, Lloyd, you grew up in Tacoma. Is that correct?
1: Correct. I grew up in uh, South Tacoma. We both, uh, I believe you went to Mount Tacoma as well. It's a local high school in Tacoma, correct?
0: Yes, the original campus
1: there before they built a the new one. Uh-huh. Yep, up on Tyler. So in Tacoma my whole life and fortunate to hire on with the sheriff's office at uh, the good old age of 22 and stayed there until I just turned 59, so 37 wow. years.
0: Did you have any other jobs besides
1: being a deputy in your whole life? I did. Um, I worked at the Wagon Wheel, which you're familiar with on Pacific Ave. Oh um, boy. A couple, of other, a couple other places. I worked at First Interstate Bank before getting hired by the sheriff's office and uh, with the sheriff's office ever since.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I talked to guys who uh, got hired right out of the gate. Uh, I, you know, a couple of them, Carter and Robinson, you know, they had one other job.
1: <laughs> I know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, one other job got hired really young and spent their whole career there. And it's great. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, it worked out. So now you grew up in Tacoma and your parents are there. You got brothers, sisters. How's that work?
1: Uh, I'm the only one left now. Um, my father's still in my original house I grew up in, but just him and I right now.
0: Your dad's still around. He's got to be late 80s. I uh, just turned
1: 91 July 4th. Oh, man. Oh, man. Still in the original still house? Has, yep. Still has his faculty, still driving, still doing good. <gasps> Wow. That's great.
0: That's, you know, it's nice to have longevity in your gene.
1: Well, let me ask you, what
0: what attracted, okay, there you are at the wagon wheel. You can see how you, that's, you probably saw right away. That wasn't a career job. (laughs) True. So what attracted you to law enforcement?
1: Well, you know, I hate to say the proverbial, I'd always wanted to be one, but I did. When I worked at a fast food restaurant on 6th Ave, there were a couple of Tacoma officers that worked there off duty, and I would talk to them occasionally, and I'm probably 16, 17 years old, and eventually I went to college uh, for a year and was looking at criminal justice, and then things happened, and I started a job full-time, but I was able to uh, work for the sheriff's office as a volunteer first as a reserve, and um, I did that for about a year and a half, and then was able to uh, get hired on by the same department, and was very fortunate that way.
0: You know, I don't remember you as a reserve, but I guess you were out there. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and that is good advice for anybody. That's the way I started as a reserve officer out in Fife and just worked my way. Yeah, if nothing else, you find out if it's for you or not. Correct. uh, um, And I think you're a lot like me, always wanted to be an officer. And to be honest with you, it's not a job. It's more of a calling. That's what I think, right. and if it yeah. if it is if it isn't, you don't last, so that's one of the signs right away uh so he got on with the sheriff's office there, and let me ask you this, who was your first sergeant uh rich rice, rich rice, oh my goodness, oh
1: boy. yeah,
0: yeah, boy, gee, good old rice, God bless him, he passed away what three, four years ago, something like that. Probably five-plus years ago, I believe. Yeah, 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 Rich Rice, one of my favorite guys, you bet. So now you spent some time in patrol, like everybody, as a rookie. Yeah, five years. Five years in patrol, okay. So then you put in for, I remember you driving a traffic car, which was a Mustang. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. Back in 1988 is when I transferred to traffic, and at the same time, They uh, had purchased Maroon Mustangs, kind of similar to the idea of the STEP program that you're involved in. When you had the Orange 78 Plymouth, they ended up getting Maroon Mustangs. Basically, you know, these are out there for traffic enforcement, and they worked great. Boy, I guess. Um, So, now, were you strictly
0: traffic enforcement, or were you an accident investigation? How did all that work?
1: I ended up becoming an accident reconstructionist and was one of the technical accident investigators for fatality or serious injury accidents up until my uh, promotion in 2002. Wow.
0: That, you know, that experience is so valuable. And there's uh, I know you're probably a little rusty by now, (laughs) but I mean, there's guys now that are retiring that are accident reconstructionists that, you know, insurance companies and attorneys and everything. I mean, they make some pretty good, uh, side money on that, if they, if they want to go that way, but or even True. as uh, <clears throat> professional, professional witnesses and that, in all these, you know. So anyway, you spent all that time in traffic. How many years was it in traffic? Uh, 14 years. 14 years in traffic. Wow. Now, see, that's the beauty of law enforcement. You get to experience different things. Now, I was in traffic. We used to call it the Pumpkin Squad because the cars were orange, so they got people to see ya. But I lasted thirteen months, Lloyd, and (laughs) yeah, the last the last three months I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Isn't that something? How different people are. Yeah, it just wasn't. I you know I got to pull. If I got to pull one more car over, I'm going crazy. You know. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so it's that's good that that's one thing about. You know, you could at least you had the opportunity to apply for different uh, positions till you find a home. And when I got in K-9, hey, boy, that was, man, that was that was my uh, calling right there. So you went eight years in traffic and promoted to detective. Now, what kind of when you get to be a detective, they give you some of the easier stuff until you get your feet wet before you start doing homicides and stuff. Or how's that work?
1: They kind of try to. Um, when I first promoted, I went to the sexual assault unit, and you get all kinds of various crimes that are involved in in that arena. And then I subsequently went into uh, property crimes, um, robbery assault, and then assisted in numerous homicides. I was never an actual homicide investigator, but I participated in a number of the investigations.
0: Sure, that takes a whole
1: team of guys, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, everybody I'm, I'm, gets assigned something different each time, and well, better as a team, obviously. Well, you've seen a lot of stuff, I well,
0: will tell you. So, tell me what is, what would you say in your thirty seven years? And you know, I was thinking um, these podcasts last oh thirty five, thirty seven minutes, and I thought, you know, if Lloyd summed up every year for one minute, <laughs> the whole bunch <podcast. laughs> will be done. <laughs> So it'd be, it'd be interesting if you would turn, took, some, well, let me ask you, did you ever journal like this is what happened this year, or whatever, anything like that?
1: No, I didn't. But I mean, it's funny how when somebody will call you and remind you about something, you can like, yep, I can remember that clearly. And, you know, you drive by an intersection and you can recall, you know, there was a serious accident there, and et cetera, things like that. So it's just things that, you know, make your memory work. Thank God. So, so yeah, pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll tell
0: you. Well, let me ask you, what was, what would you say was the highlight of your career as a law enforcement officer?
1: Wow. The highlight other than every day being able to go to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, um, I enjoyed every aspect of it. There were days that weren't as pleasant as other days, you know, during the, uh, you know, current situation on the attack on law enforcement officers, The Officer-involved shootings are very hard to deal with, and you know, emotionally. And we lost several officers during the time I was there. Um, It just makes it difficult, but you you work through it, and you see the good that comes out of the work that you do, and you just keep moving on from that day on. Well,
0: I'm glad you had a positive experience. I, as well, uh, and I think we talked about a career versus a calling. When you can't, when you just pinch yourself and say, "They're actually paying me to do this." (laughs) <laughs> exactly you, you know you're in the right spot that's for sure wow so now mm-hmm. did you have any uh specific calls maybe you'd like to share maybe it could be a humorous one or or whatever i know you got in some trouble for firing your gun well i don't know if you got in trouble or not you
1: had to go explain yourself <laughs> <laughs> tell, well, us, tell me about back that my, what? back in my early patrol days i think it was 86 or 87 i'm working the west side which is the west side of I-5 in the now city of Lakewood and a pursuit started and somehow we got involved in it and we're chasing this car all over the east side. It's some kind of Camaro and he goes into this gully. And so we get out and it's like, he's trying to get out and he's stuck in the mud. And I go, you know what? We chased this thing long enough. So I decided I'd take a couple shots at the engine, trying to maybe take the alternator water pump out. he so doesn't drive away from us. Well, as soon as I started shooting at the car, he jumped out of that car and ran like a gazelle. And subsequently, they said, no, you can't shoot at the car. And I said, okay. And they sent me to the range, and the range instructor said, do you know the difference between a car and a person? I said, yes, I do. And he says, okay. And that was it. <laughs>
0: Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, um, this, is a, this is a Camaro, a perfectly good Camaro. You put bullets into
1: it, huh? I did. And subsequently, <laughs> I saw that car again gotten it out of the impound yard and next thing we see it again with still bullet holes in the fender so it's,
0: it was pretty fun that is funny that's funny wow uh, well and uh let me ask you this lloyd you look back on 37 years and i'll just ask this question it might be you know nothing or something but if you could change one thing in your career what would it be
1: in retrospect wow um I don't know if I'd change anything. I mean, I'm pretty happy with my career path. Um, when I took the promotion for detective, I realized that was my niche. Um, I felt pretty comfortable talking to people, and never was I, you know, heavy-handed or the bad cop. I was always the good cop in the conversation with, you know, suspects, and I always got what I needed. And I think that was like a a respect thing. I respected them. They knew they were in trouble, and I said, hey, if you have any good in you. I said, now's the time to use it. And I'm going to say 90% of the time, I had success with that.
0: Well, it does sound like your niche for you. Yeah, no, yeah. that yeah. sounds like your niche. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing when you can find something, and you just kind of flow, you know, how things work. You know? Yeah. Huh.
1: And I remember those old cop shows of uh, Sipowitz where he uses a phone book to coerce the guy into giving him a statement. And I'm like, that doesn't work. It never worked. So I never had to resort to that. So. What was that? The Hill
0: Street Blues or something like that? Yep. We're aging yeah. ourselves, Bill, but that's okay. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, boy. Well, um, so now you've worked for, I think we chatted before, you worked for six different sheriffs. Correct. That's what you, that's what you get when you hang around 37 years, Lloyd. But, yeah. Um, now... With all those sheriffs and supervisors and stuff, what would you say is the most important
1: attribute of a good leader? I truly believe that a good leader is personable. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows what you do. It just says something when they know what you do within the organization.
0: That That's a good point. I don't think the sheriff I hired on with really knew me at <laughs> all. Yeah.
1: And I mean, Uh, of course, we're a larger department now, and it's a little harder. But in the same sense, you know, it's nice when the person looks at you, knows your name, you know, says something to you and stuff versus somebody who doesn't know you. For sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now say some kid comes up to you. Oh, say a guy comes up to you tomorrow, says, Lloyd, you were on 37 years. I've been on for only a year now what advice would you give me Lloyd?
1: I'd say keep doing a good job Um, figure out where what direction you want to go whether it's you know an investigative position a canine spot an additional duty assignment and set your focus on that Um, because I've had those conversations with you know newer deputies and you know you watch it come to life with them and they get an additional duty assignment and it just perks them up. He goes, man, he goes, I get to do this. And I go, yeah. And they're paying you for it. You know, whether it's the dive unit search and rescue or honor guard, they're just really happy that they're contributing in it in an, in an additional manner to the department.
0: Yeah. That's important. No doubt about it. Yeah. I feel appreciated. Like you're actually doing something and I'll tell you. Yeah. So um, with all these sheriffs you work for, all the chiefs and that boy. that did you ever aspire to go for a sergeant lieutenant or anything like that uh
1: no I'd I'd taken the sergeant's test very early in my career and didn't pass it which I wasn't surprised I just kind of took it because everybody else was taking it and when I took the time to study and prepare for the detective's test I think I came out number two and there I thought, well, okay, I'll give this a shot. And 18 years later, I said goodbye. <laughs> <There you are. laughs> well, it worked out pretty good, without a doubt. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: we talked briefly about uh, your canine friend up there in Seattle. And I think I was the same way. I mean, I, I wasn't too serious about promoting because I was having so much fun with what I was doing. Exactly. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I thought, I'm going to give up this to go, you know. Sit in the office half the time, or do something anyway, so that's interesting how the different things work and then you take another guy his niche is supervision and organization man he he promotes really quick, he's before well, you know it you know he's up there lieutenant captain, or whatever, so it all works out yep, so yep now, um with I know that you had been planning to retire for some time, I mean you've had. You've had a date in mind for the last couple of years or year anyway. Is that is that the way that went?
1: Probably a year ago is when I kind of took a look at it seriously as to when I wanted to leave. And mm-hmm. I randomly picked June 25th of 2020. The reason being is I just wanted to retire before I was 60 and I turned 60 this month. So it's just ah. what I decided in my own mind and, you know, said, OK, this is what I'm doing and made it happen. Sure.
0: No, I'm asking you these questions, Lloyd, just for the benefit of uh, maybe someone's listening to the podcast. It's on the department. And because I've seen a lot of guys that don't plan that well. uh, They go out sometimes at a bad moment. Maybe they get mad at somebody and then pull a pin. And then they got that bitterness, you know, the whole time. And that's not good. And I think it's exactly my hats off to you that you you planned it. You retired. I mean, you, you had it all mapped out when to go. And by the way, I don't think you could have picked a better time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that had nothing to do with my decision either. So, yeah. well,
0: that's a good thing. That's why I brought it up because you were you know you had a you had a plan in place and working towards that for a year. So I mean I, I'm sure you crunched the numbers and did the finance thing and. Uh, let me ask you this, and this is a the part that uh, kind of bothers me a little bit. But maybe it's changed now. Did you have any assistance from the department about okay, expect these things in retirement, or any any kind of uh, counseling or uh, informational stuff about retirement? Other than um, here's how much no. here's how much money you'll get.
1: <laughs> There's some literature in that that you get from the Department of Retirement Systems (DRS), and uh, that stuff was very helpful. And you communicate with them, of course. During the COVID, there was nothing in person, so everything was done by email and mail. So I was comfortable with my, you know, options that were presented to me as far as, you know, spousal uh, reduction. If, if I was married, I'm not, so that didn't apply. Um, things of that nature, but I mean, I was pretty happy with it, and they gave you some recommendations to look at for uh, post-retirement health care, so I think they do a pretty good job on helping you get out the door.
0: Okay, yeah, for the logistics of the whole deal, sure. Yeah, and I was thinking more along the lines of what to expect, I mean, um, one thing that I know you're going to be okay, a lot of guys aren't, they go home and they're lost, but I know you're involved because I've been to several of your gatherings there. Is the formal name called the Blue Smoke Society?
1: Yes, it is. It's a group of retired and active law enforcement. And I forget what the original name was, but I suggested to uh, the person that created it, another retired Seattle officer, uh, Blue Smoke Society. And he liked it, and so we changed it. And it's just a method of uh, sharing what days we're going to have cigars and where at, et cetera.
0: So, right now, it looks to me, and I've been to several of them whenever I get up that way, and I appreciate being invited to those. Um, oh, there's always 10, 12 guys at least show up. And it's usually on a Friday, isn't it? Or Yes. And the one time, it was at Smokey's Lounge, I think, like, or whatever that's called. What's that called? And now, I'm assuming you guys have been having it at uh, your private residences and that? Yes. OK, so it's just basically get together with the guys. You don't, you know, you lots of good war stories and uh, supporting each other. I mean, that's really healthy to stay in touch with with guys. And just and that's and to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, just so I could yeah. feel like still part of the family. You know what I mean? Get, exactly. Uh, stay connected. Uh, no one knows you better than another cop, even though, in fact, let me ask you this. I don't remember, Lloyd. I know we went on some calls together. Um, do you remember any calls that you and I were on together?
1: I know was I was in do, but, <laughs> I do, but they were very vivid. And uh, the funny thing is that when I first got hired by the department in 1983, the Canine folks came and give their spiel on, you know, what you guys do, et cetera. And you're always looking for quarries. Well, I volunteered to quarry behind the precinct there at uh, 95th and Bridgeport, and so I'm hiding down in the uh, pucker brush with the nice protective arm gear you gave me, and out of nowhere, your dog, Boss, grabs me, and I'm like, ow, this hurts, and I've got a protective wrap on. Well, the next couple days, my arm bruised up pretty good, and I'm like, okay, I'm only doing that once, so so yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I do remember you and your dog, Bob.
0: Now that you mentioned that, I think I remember that boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey,
1: that dog hurts.
0: Yeah, that gives you an idea of how effective uh, the canines are. Well, that was good of oh, you to yeah. come out. Did you ever want to be in canine?
1: Ah, uh, no. I'd uh, you know hung out with a number of the guys. You know, Paul Schneider, um, Rob Larson, and you know a few other folks, and. You know, I'm thinking, man, a dog barking in the back of my car the whole shift. I don't think I want that. But much respect. Um, the current guys that run K9. I mean, they've tracked down firearms. The dog comes back with the gun in his mouth. And I'm just amazed that the dog can do that. And I'm like, You am going to get that out of his mouth now. And Theron, of course, says, yeah, OK, I'll get it. So I'm like, OK. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I tell you, it's uh it's an amazing thing. And once again. You know, it's, it's it's great that guys can have the opportunity to bounce around a different, you know, whether it's narcotics or traffic and canine, that sort of thing. Um, yep. Your current canine guy, gee whiz, the trainer's been in that like 27 years or something. I had him on the podcast. Yeah,
1: John Munson. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. And now he's got a new dog, so he's made another six-year commitment or whatever it is. So that's a calling yeah, for him. No doubt
1: about it. Yep. Yeah. That's his
0: niche. So you've only been off two weeks now. Um, and one of the beauties of, uh, I mean, there's an old country song that says, there's nowhere to go when you got all day to get there. <laughs> so do, nope, you any, do, you nice. any, do you have any specific plans, Lloyd? Or
1: uh, No, I kind of take every day, you know, and uh, decide what I'm going to do. I don't overwork myself. and. Uh, lately, it's been a two or three cigar a day, so I've got to kinda draw that back a little bit, maybe, and uh, just start enjoying life more. There you go. I see
0: you. Uh, you took on the role of lifeguard at your backyard pool, and that's that's a good assignment.
1: Hey, it was pretty easy. I didn't have to jump in the water and save anybody,
0: so I did okay. <laughs> Uh, people ask my wife what i do and she says well he's my pool boy he, he, he maintains the swimming pool <laughs> so exactly. that's a good life that's a good life yeah mm-hmm. well lloyd let me ask you, is there anything that you want to uh i know we talked about oh new guys coming on and what advice you'd give them um uh, any words of wisdom for someone that's thinking of retiring or I know you've only been on the gig for two weeks now, but you did spend a lot of time planning, and I think that's important.
1: Yeah. I think the guys that are looking at retiring now, they've they've pretty much got a heads up on what they need to do. There's so much information out there, you know, amongst asking, you know, other retirees, you know, what's the best health insurance? I mean, it's a pretty good library of folks that have that mm-hmm. information that They've already done the, the work for you and just like, oh, okay, that works for me. But yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But as far as uh, staying in contact with uh, officers or even another career move, some, some of the guys are just hitting 50, you know, and checking out. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever have any aspirations of maybe doing something else career-wise?
1: You know, crazy enough, I did not. Um, when I was in high school and subsequent, you know, Being an adult working in the adult world, I'd always wanted to be a police officer. And I have, you know, I don't know what drew me to it other than it's not what you think on TV that goes on. A majority of your time is spent trying to, you know, work with people to try and get through their issues and, you know, more of a compassionate manner than a heavy-handed manner, if that makes sense. I mean, I've had kids come up to me, well, I call them kids, but they're probably young men, saying, yeah, I remember when you came to my house. He goes, I've changed my life, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... I have no idea who this person is, but apparently they remembered me. So isn't that amazing? That is so amazing. Yeah. I
0: think to be honest with you, Lloyd, if we were more aware of that when we we're young cops running around, we've done things a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. You know, taking an extra minute with a with somebody or something. If we knew at that time what impact we were having on them. And it is kind of a strange yeah. thing to. Someone to recognize you, and you're thinking, "Who? Where? <laughs> when?" Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, "Huh?" So. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, well, well Lloyd, listen, um, I am so glad that you came on the podcast with us today. And
1: pleasure I know to be that,
0: on it. I know your retirement's going to go smooth silk. You've you're in contact with a lot of people. And by the way, um, you do make people feel really special, Lloyd. I know you bought me that. Uh, s- Cigar humidifier. I think it was a. Uh, there's some self-serving motives there because I kept bumming cigars off you, but you <laughs> bought me, <laughs> you bought me a cigar humidifier with my name and badge number and everything else on it. Um, so now I have to buy my own cigars anyway. But I noticed you've done that for a lot of guys, and and that's pretty special. It makes them, you know, I it's one of those gifts I really cherish the fact that you went out of your way to order that specially made for me and stuff. So thank you for that. But you're I tell welcome. you what, keep on keeping on. Uh, I know you're having a big bash up there for your 60th birthday, and I know that's going to be uh, uh, lots of memories there for sure. And um, you're free and easy, buddy. I mean, uh, Arizona's you know just right down the road here, so you got to come down and say hello and and uh, leave your cigars at home. I got enough now with my new humidifier. So
1: okay, that sounds like a plan then. <laughs>
0: Okay, if you'll stay online just for a second, Lloyd, and uh, we'll wrap this up. But thank you again and for our listening audience. Uh, we want to thank Lloyd Byrd, retired two weeks now from the Pierce County Sheriff's Office as detective. And so this wraps it up for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Boys in Blue podcast. Again, I'm your host, retired police officer Bill McReynolds. Boys and Blue comes out every other week. Subscribe to the Boys and Blue wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor. Give us a five star review and let us know what you think.